0: Hello my friends and welcome back to the Kokoro Movement Podcast. On this episode, we have the triumphant return of Dr. Sophia Costa. She is a doctor of physical therapy based out of Los Angeles, California. We have a really great conversation lined up about emotions and how they get trapped in your body. It's really fascinating stuff. I'm really excited to get right into it. So without further ado, Dr. Sophia Costa. please go check it out. It's really, really good. Uh, But one of the things that he does is for a few minutes before each guest, he just talks about himself and gives the listeners an idea of who he is and what he's all about. And so I thought that that was a really good idea. And uh, right now, I want to just kind of talk about um, habits. So... I had a guest on my podcast a while ago. Her name is Jackie Wu. You should most definitely look that one up. Uh, She is an amazing human being. She actually did the whole podcast while she was sitting in a tree, which is really cool and awesome and very unique. Um, But one thing that she said that really resonated with me is that if you just start a habit of doing the things that you want to do, then all of a sudden that is kind of what you end up doing for your life. And so I remember... About three years ago, I really wanted to start a podcast because there's all these amazing people that are in my industry that I really want to talk to and learn from and ask my own questions and gain all my own information. So I just kind of started winging it. And uh, the first podcast that I did was with uh, Dr. Steve Capobianco. And that guy is one of the nicest and uh, most welcoming and intelligent people I've ever met. And uh, ever since then, I just started sending out messages Hey, you want to be on my podcast? Hey, you want to be on my podcast? I've gotten a few no's, but uh, for the most part, I've gotten yeses. And then um, I had Dr. Sebastian Gonzalez on my podcast, and he said, Hey, why don't you have a microphone? Because you're a podcaster now. And that was a really interesting and pivotal moment for my podcast because I never really realized that I was a podcaster until he said something. I just started that habit of asking people to be on my podcast and interviewing them and now i am a podcaster i have a microphone and it is amazing and it's really up the up the game of my podcast and i just wanted to encourage everybody to go out and just start doing a habit start a start a habit of something that you want to do and something that you want to accomplish And then eventually you will have accomplished that thing without you even realizing it and becomes a normal part of your everyday life. So that being said, here is Dr. Sophia Costa. Enjoy the podcast. So you had these posts on your uh, Instagram feed yesterday, which I thought were really interesting, which is you kind of uh, uh, unpacking all this emotional stuff that you've had going on in your past. And I'm really interested in that right now, especially after uh, taking um, Joseph Schwartz's uh, dynamic neuromuscular assessment course. So I really wanted to talk to you more about um, your knowledge base of uh, emotions that are stuck in the human body and how to fix it and just how to, how to even make, make people aware of it because it's, here's the part that's tricky. It's, kind of woo woo. Right. And so there's all these parts of, um, being a healer, whether you're a PT or a massage therapist or a doctor of chiropractic, whatever it is, there's parts that just people are like, yeah, that's bullshit. You're like, is it? Because you know, the Chinese have been practicing this for thousands of years. So there's something to that. Right. So like, let's talk about that a little bit.
1: Yeah. um, Great question. So society has made it view as woo-woo. Yeah. And it's pretty much truth. Yeah. All it is is truth. So say like, you know, you you get a lab test, you get truth. You know, I'm, you know, say like I'm I'm with the client, I'm listening to what they're telling me. There's truth and listening and paying attention to the words that they are choosing to say tells me exactly where they're storing the emotions in their body and, and taking it from there. So it's a, the approach is pretty much a blend with science and energy and pretty much all aspects, because we're not just one, we're like, you know, 360 degree human being, you know, like there's like all angles that we need to look into. And if someone is thinking emotions are woo, woo, I'm like, yo, man, that's, emotions are truth. They're telling you the truth. They're telling you a story. And if one wants to ignore that, that's on them. And that's being, you know, pretty closed off. They need to check in with themselves and figure out why are they being so closed off to tapping into someone else's emotions, let alone their own emotions. That's something someone definitely needs to look into and see where that block is coming from because it's a disservice to treat a client and not tap into an emotional block of some sort that is relating with their current pain, past pain, um, or relating with their illness and chronic disease that they've been experiencing. So emotions equals truth. I don't see it as woo woo whatsoever.
0: Well, I don't either. And it's a big thing that I'm really diving into right now. Um, and you know, what's interesting and, uh, You can contradict me on this if you want to, but I think it's worse with men because men aren't allowed to show emotions for the most part other than the complete negative ones like anger and frustration and stuff like that where um, as women, you guys are allowed to have your full range, but then it's almost looked down upon like, oh, it's just that time of the month or whatever. So like it's this weird thing where nobody's allowed to feel their emotions. And so that's one of those one of the reasons why we tend to kind of bed it down and keep it keep it kind of sucked in and don't allow them don't allow us to uh, express ourselves and that's a, a man, that's a that's a lot to unpack kind of because then you know there's a big communication block with that as well. So like, you know, me and my wife have been working really hard on communication over the last couple of years and we're gonna keep doing that indefinitely because there's so much to practice, right? And so, yeah, let's talk about that. That's great.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And definitely I agree with you. Uh, It's gender specific, but to be honest with you, after my um, post of just kind of showing myself in a vulnerable state and showing confidence in it, um, you know, I've been attentive to uh, people's emotions when they come in with pain, when they come and see me. And so I wanted to show them like, hey, I, I do the work too. You know, like if I'm asking someone to unleash their trapped emotions and they're allowing me to be that person, to be part of that journey, I wanted to show the world yesterday that I I do it too. And it was me completely in the raw. And to be honest with you, I had more responses from men than women yesterday seeking for guidance on how to, hey, where can I get more information? Hey, I'm ready to start, but I don't know how or where. Right. And it was really interesting to see that that like how you said it's um our upbringing from our parents and then how they were brought up it's passed down it's like generation to generation and generation of these behavioral patterns that have been passed down to their kids you know like if you're crying they say stop crying you know like definitely you know shut down on expression when you know like last weekend I saw my nephew crying. I'm like, Hey, feel your feelings, man. He's like, I'm not allowed to. And I was like, honestly, you can't, if you ever feel like you need to cry, just say, Hey, I need to feel my feelings. Mom and dad, I'm going to go upstairs and feel them, you know, Mm -hmm. like letting them know at age six that it's okay. And it is sad to see like, you know, how we're so shut down in the beginning and as adults later on in life how we are like challenged to even express to our loved ones our partners our spouses um you know our friends because of some seed that was planted when we were kids and you know like partnership we're mirror images of each other and especially in a deep intimate relationship you will be triggered with these emotions that are embedded in your subconscious mind from childhood And it could be reactive, it could be, you know, like, victim mindset or uh, emotionally intelligent. So you can pause and be like, hey, you know what, that triggered me, this is how I'm feeling, I need to process this on my own. So it's coming up with like, healthy ways to process your own information. The present situation is not the source, it's something way deeper than that. And that's where, you know, like, having the courage to face it yourself rather than pointing the finger and blaming the other person that they made you feel that way when that's not true.
0: Right. And then that's another woo-woo word is energy, right? We're all these energetic human beings and like it's quantum physics. That's what we are. Like we're point zero, 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 one percent matter. You know what I mean? Yes. So then yes. when there is like an energetic exchange and you tell people that there's an energetic exchange, they're just like, oh my God, this guy's an idiot. I'm like, not really. So, you know, it's a, it's a, a struggle for me to kind of speak to people about that kind of thing. And it, I only do that kind of work on people that are really open to it and that have been my clients for a long time. But then I get, um certain people that have so much garbage like pent up in there. And that's where that, that uh, quote that I put on Instagram really triggered me that your internal environment affects your external environment. And so if, you know, now it gives me a lot more empathy towards people like where if like, Oh, she's being a bitch or he's being a dick. You're like, Hmm, I wonder what they're dealing with in there. Yes. You know what I mean? Cause it could be a lot of stuff that she has been pent up over time because they don't feel comfortable being vulnerable because they didn't have that kind of atmosphere growing up
1: exactly so two things so like you talked about energy and how we're like you know we we have our own energy that kind of casts off and that's how we connect before kind of we even shake hands that connections already being made That connection is initiated from the heart. The heart has its own electromagnetic field that radiates three to five feet away from us, like surrounding us. And the heart is so intelligent. It has its own electrical system separate from the brain. You take the heart out of the body, it's going to continue to pump. It's so powerful and intelligent. And you know, that feeling, that gut feeling starts from the heart. So The heart receives a message of something that's scary or something that's loving. The heart receives it, sends it to the brain, and sends it to the gut. And so with that in mind, you know, the heart being so intelligent, trapped emotions, when that's blocking the heart, it's going to affect our own intuition and block us off. And then, you know, we create behavioral patterns to keep our guard up. blocking that heart, you know? And, um, like how you said, when people are projecting and are not, are so closed off, not wanting to be open, um, gaining that level of understanding is to behaviors come from two sources, whether it's a cry for love or an act of love. Right. So you see someone react or it's like, that's a cry for love, um, or they're, coming from a place of love and purpose and when you have that understanding then you are able to not really take things personally from the other person um you kind of like you know maintain an open heart for them and create space for them to express you know like if if they're reactive allow them to express and maybe it's pent up shit since they were a kid and they weren't able to express and they're letting it out and you know as there's there are ways to help manage that and and recognize where it's stemming from and express in a more uh, express from a place of love and purpose rather than like fear and anger and um, you know, guilt and things like that.
0: Yeah. So what's interesting about, um, do you have any muscle testing in your practice at all?
1: So when I see people in person, I don't do it. I feel, I feel it. Okay. When I see them in person, I feel it. And I'm really paying attention to the words that they are using and what I feel. I'm guided to where to go and place my hand there. But yeah. virtual, I, again, listen to what they're saying. And sometimes I'll guide them where to place their hands. Like say if they're, I had a phone call two weeks ago um, to answer your question. I use energy testing on myself long distance. I don't do it on the client on site. Okay. So on the phone two weeks ago, a close client of mine injured his knee skiing in Colorado. And I could tell that he's holding in his emotions, keeping it together to show everyone strength and all that good stuff. You know, that's how he's designed athlete. That's how I'm designed. Right. And I messaged him. I was like, Hey, are you free today at 12? He goes, yes. Got him on the phone. And I'm like, Hey, are you okay? And he was just like, yeah, I'm good. And I can tell it's like superficial. And I was like, hmm, we're going to dig deep on this. You know, (laughs) anytime an injury happens, it happens. It's weird to say it happens for a reason. Okay. And so recognizing where emotions tend to be trapped in the body. I was listening to him out and I said, put your right hand on your liver. He goes, okay. And I was like, what are you most frustrated about right now? with your injury? And what are you pissed off about? And he started crying. He let it all out. I'm angry about blah, 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 blah. They Just let it all out. And I just allowed him to just say what he needed to say. And once he paused and I was like, okay, put your left hand on your spleen. Spleen holds like overthinking, worry, racing thoughts. And I asked, what are you most worried about? Cry, let it all out about his injury, what he was scared of, all of that stuff. And then I had him put both of his hands on his left knee where he got injured. And I was like, what are you not willing to bend with life? Because knee pain is related with not wanting to bend. It's like a stubborn, you know, deal. I was like, what are you not willing to bend? And he just let it all out. The truth came out. And I was like, what happened the day before? And it was a conflict with what he's going through with his career right now and where he truly wants to go. And he didn't know where to bend, literally bend with that. And he just had a deep conversation the day before. Next day, he injured his knee while skiing. And then, so truth comes out, had his hands on his forehead. That's for solutions, you know, like clarity. And I was like, what are you going to do about it? And he just started thinking clearly, like had a game plan, execution, like pumped him up. Like the next day, he's like, I feel so amazing right now. I'm just ready to get started. He's changing career paths, like just that one session being aware of like it was through a phone, you know, like I didn't use energy testing. I simply had him heal himself and I guided the process of just having him place his hands wherever he was storing his emotions and, and, uh, frustrations and had him kind of like unleash it and guide that. Um, it was, it was pretty powerful stuff. 30 minutes.
0: Yeah. And so the reason why I ask is because, uh, you know, I've taken neurokinetic therapy levels one through three, and then I've taken Thomas Wells integrated muscle testing and palpation. And then I went to this class and I had no idea what it was about. I knew that he has um, these uh, kinetic chains posters that he's put out that have like all the different colors. And so I knew of him, but I had no idea what his course was about. And the second that guy started talking, I was like, holy shit, we're in for something here. And uh, so – He talked because you were talking about how the heart is infinitely intelligent, but he says the nervous system is as well. And so what he does is he uses um, uh, neurological muscle testing to communicate with the nervous system. And he does that in such a way to where he can really weed out what is happening. And so once he finds um, the dysfunction, then he asks, is it um, physical? Is it physiological? Or is it limbic? And 90 time, 99% of the time, it's limbic. Yeah. And, but then he asks a really important question. Is it safe to clear? Yeah. Because a lot of people, they've built such a wall around that emotion that they're holding in. That's, that, that's like the basis of their structure. And so even though it is causing them pain and it is causing them discomfort, they can't let go of it at the moment because it's too heavy. And it'll just put them in this cascade of, you know, just whatever that nobody's really prepared for, not even themselves. And so I thought that that was really interesting. And then um, he um, uh, showed us a multitude of uh, techniques to, if it's not safe to clear, we can at least downregulate it to where it's no longer causing them pain anymore. And then, uh, you know, the, the injuries happen for a reason thing is so interesting that you just said that because the session that he had with me, you know, I had a, I injured my low back uh, back in 2013 and everybody that I've gone to or that I've met at these courses, they've all pointed to my multifidus as the cause of my pain. And it's not like, it's not like a, a substantial amount of pain, but it's just super nagging all the time to where it's like probably a two or a three maybe and it's just like somebody's poking me in my low back and it won't stop that's what it feels like all the time and so he starts doing his assessment finds my multifidus like everybody else does and then asked if it was limbic and i said yes and then he started narrowing it down like you talked about in your stories yesterday and so he had determined that it happened when I was five years old and immediately I was like, what the hell? I, my, I, my life was awesome when I was five, <laughs> <laughs> nothing, nothing happened. Like, okay. So <laughs> we're going to try this out. And then, you know, he lies me down and, and puts his fingers on my forehead just like you just said. And immediately this memory popped into my head and I was like, What? And it was when I was a kid, I had this, uh, when I was five years old, I had this nightmare and I woke up from the nightmare and was going to run upstairs to my parents' house or to my parents' room. And when I looked to my left down the hallway, I saw what I perceived to be as a ghost and it scared the shit out of me. And at that point it created this traumatic event because I no longer felt safe Mm -hmm. and I had to make a decision whether to stay in my room or run up to my parents' room. But I didn't remember that at all, at all. That yep. wasn't even a thing. And so the technique that he used with his hand still on my forehead was you need to, your current self needs to tell your younger self that you came out okay. Yep. So I was just like, bro, that's not even a thing to be scared of. And then my younger self was like, okay. And then that was it. And I haven't had back pain since. And I'm like, what the f- what the fuck are we dealing with here? This is insane. It's insane. And so, you know, the, the more, the more I, I have been practicing over the last couple of weeks, the more I start to find that a lot of pain that people have is psychological. And it's really fascinating to me. And that's like, because then you start to unpack that. Like, so, you know, why do people get cancer in their breast? Why do people get cancer in their liver? Why do people, you know what I mean? It's because that toxic shit has been in there your whole life. You know what I mean? And you need to get it out of there. And so I'm, you know, that's, it's, how do you approach people with that? Like, do you just wait until you've established a relationship with them first and then be like, Hey, this is what I believe is the real cause behind what your pain is, or how do you approach them?
1: That's a great question. So I'm grateful to have the blend of both science can explain it in that way. And then the energy medicine, functional medicine background with that as well, and just kind of blend it into a special hybrid, like magic, I guess. I don't know how to explain it. So how you could explain it, like, and I've said this before, is that I give the science mechanical approach first right and then and then here's here many reasons why you are in pain let's look at all aspects physical mental emotional health so you give them the three categories and you and you go to each category and explain okay physical your posture is this way you know pelvis rotated right chest. you know like explain it in a physical way mental is when you the mental component the mental health is when you can describe you know we have about 60,000 thoughts going through our head every single day, right? Like we choose the good ones and the bad ones, but a lot of times we tend to stick on with the criticism and the blame and complaining. Those are the ones that we just like, in the good and the bad.
0: I'm sorry. You're if
1: sending you- out a vibration. Yeah. Can yeah. you hear me?
0: Yeah, you froze okay. up a little bit, but we're good. Yep, we're back. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So when you have so then I explained the mental part, the the power of your mindset, you're either contributing to your pain or you're moving towards health away from your disease. So you're going towards your disease or away from your disease with the power of your own mindset. It's up to you, right? So what thoughts are you bringing into your head? Are you telling yourself, I have healthy digestion, I am strong, I am, you know, saying all these affirmations or mantras, whatever, or tensions, whatever you want to call it, um, either contribute to your state or of like being unhealthy and in a you know, in pain or you're moving towards, you know, transformation so that you can live on a higher, you say, vibration, you know, say that. Right. So then I get them there and then explain, you know, pain nutrition's a component, right? So lead there to the gut, gut-brain axis, right? So the gut has its own nervous system as well. It has, you know, more of a metabolic activity than the liver, you know, has its own, you know, network of systems. You have heart, brain, gut, right? So it's like, okay, so the foods that you are eating are either contributing to your health or taking away. So that's how I guide them. So then go back to gut, right? And then whenever there's inflammation in the gut, it contributes to inflammation of the brain. So you can't really like think clearly. You have brain fog, you have trouble concentrating, um, sleep, the whole works. And then lead them, so then you have nutrition. And then the emotional component is like, okay, hey, no, recognizing, create that awareness, emotions is truth and, you know, have confidence with it. Because if we keep like veering away from it, they're not going to be able to fully jump in with a full awareness. They're going to be like half in and half out. If we are half in and half out with that approach, you got to go all in. Right. Other component, emotions do contribute to pain 80 to 90% of the time. Where you're having your pain that's related with, say, the emotion, right? And a lot of times the emotions bring you, say, like shame, guilt, fear, anger function at a lower vibration. Guess who loves to hang out there? Viruses, bacteria, fungus, inflammation, love to go to the path of least resistance because that's where you're functioning at a lower vibration, okay? So when you state with that and how it contributes with inflammation, when you start to identify the emotion and transform it and transform it into higher vibration, which is love, peace, forgiveness, enlightenment, bliss, all of that good stuff. That's when your body starts to morph and become, uh, it's able to heal itself. The body is so intelligent. It's designed to heal itself. When there's a block, you got to come at it with different angles and have like an approach that you yourself need to come from a place of love and purpose. Um, Cause the, the subconscious mind of the client is gonna feel that. So if you're coming with attack or like this is it, you know, whatever, they can get a trigger of and then they shut off, right? So just like holding space for them and become from a heart-centered place, right? So the heart's so intelligent. Um so that's why, you know, coming at that way, just be like, okay, here's your pain, here are things that are contributing to your pain, and have it organized, physical uh, mindset nutrition and emotion and then action plan this is how we can transform it um, to bring you out of pain and prevent any further pain from happening and if it does show up they come up with they have the tools to manage it as well
0: yeah that's interesting because the mindset thing I think is really important as well and uh, you know I had a post that I did a couple weeks ago where um, I was coaching a CrossFit class and you know the music wasn't turned up very loud And then all of a sudden, people were like, hey, turn the music up, turn the music up. And I'm like, you know what? I kind of don't want to. Because (laughs) those voices that you hear when you start doing really hard shit, those are important to listen to. Because that turns your internal narrative from like a two to like an 11. And so that's how you talk to yourself all the time. You're just under duress right now. You know what I mean? So now, so... This is really important for you to progress as a human being. Like, you need to listen to those words that you're saying, and you need to reverse that shit, and you need to work out in silence. I think you know, like, it's a it's a really interesting thing. And then I have like a bunch of clients, and I just talked to um, a friend of mine, Doctor Sebastian Gonzalez, yes. on, on his uh, podcast, um, where you know you. Like I have clients who I'm like, this is what you need to do, in order to make yourself better, and they almost get mad at me, yeah, angry because they want me to do everything for them. Mm. You know what I mean? And I keep telling them, look, I'm the facilitator. Like you're coming into me with pain, I can't be around you all day, every day, indefinitely. I mean, I could, but it would cost you a lot of money. And so... Feel like, <laughs> as
1: a compliment, be like, oh, I'm honored. You want me to <laughs> yeah. hang out with me all day.
0: <laughs> right. But, you know, I only see you like an hour out of every two weeks. And so right. the rest of it's on you. You know what I mean? So it's like a big part of us to kind of educate them on how to take care of themselves because we've really fallen out of line with that. And then speaking on that, uh, kind of going back to where we were talking about how, like mostly men responded to your message. So, um, you know, Dr. Jordan Peterson has been talking about essentially unpacking your shit for a long time. And so, you know, the first time I heard him was on the Joe Rogan podcast and he was talking about, you know, the archetypal hero story where, you know, you go into the dark cave and you fight the dragon and then you come out with the gold. That's you going into your subconscious, you fighting all your demons And then you coming out with the prize, which is a better self, right? And he said, ever since he's been on the Joe Rogan podcast, he's just exploded in popularity. And he said, it's a majority of men that go to these things that are trying to figure out how to be better because we have all these different masks that we have to wear in order to go into today's, you know, uh, societal narrative and how to navigate through that. And it's really interesting when you kind of break free from that kind of narrative and then start thinking on your own. It's really, there's a whole lot of growth that happens there. Yes. So it's
1: huge. It's like a move. It's a movement. I feel that's starting. It's getting stronger every year. People really recognizing and, and gaining that awareness that like, whoa, there there's, I've got some blocks here, you know, like you could be like how I was saying, you could be putting glitter on your shit, like saying, I have my own mantra. I do yoga. I meditate, blah, 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 But you're not really facing it head on. Right. It's like, that's shiny shit, glitter on shit, but still shit. Right. Like yeah. you could be walking around and, you know, you could be glittered shit, but you kind of, you kind right. of face it and dig <laughs> it out and get to the truth. Right. Like right. that's, Truth that you need to like tra- and transform it. So, you know, I have a client. She's in her seventies, and she's been processing lots of childhood traumas and things like that. You can process all day, every day for years, but it's not going to get you anywhere until you actually actively transform it, rewrite yeah. your story. Just like how he had uh, you talk, your parents' self talk to your younger self rewrite that story so that pattern doesn't continue right. so you can process all day but you need to actively transform it and rewrite your story so that these behavioral patterns that you develop are not so self and discharge um, there's a tech in therapy generating images through memory so they have you take a deep breath wherever you're holding a tight space, go there. And then you're like, they say, how old are you? Blah, blah, blah. Who's there. And it's like, what? 10 mom. Okay. You know, like, oh, and yeah. then uh, you have the conversation, you know, like yeah. full on conversation.
0: And so what therapy was that you cut out a little bit right there when you were saying what therapy that okay. is.
1: R I M. So it's regenerating images through memory.
0: Okay. That's so interesting. Yeah. yeah. And so like the, and so that's my, what I call my process of meditation, right? Is unpacking my shit. Like, what is this? Like, what emotion am I really feeling? Is it anger or is it frustration or is it resentment? Because a lot of those negative emotions, like you were talking about, have a low vibration, but they're, they all feel the same initially. So then you got to start to unpack it, you know? So then uh, you know one of my favorite quotes from uh Dr. Andrea Spina for function range conditioning he was talking to, about meditation and he said like if you tell me you don't like to meditate then what you're saying is i don't like to concentrate on things and so that's what i consider meditation is concentrating on yourself and and figuring shit out and so asking the right questions gets you there you know and yeah. so that And it's interesting. So then, the the people, the in the narratives that I hear all the time are not yours. You know what I mean? Tony Robbins talks about this all the time. Where, you know, he has five thousand successful business people in a room, and he pulls up one of them, and he's like, "What are you afraid of?" Well, I'm afraid I'm not good enough. I'm afraid I'm not going to make any money. I'm afraid I'm going to lose my business. I'm afraid that my wife's going to leave me. I'm afraid that my husband's going to leave me. I'm afraid that, you know, I'm never going to make it. I'm afraid. And he's like, so everybody in this room that has those same thoughts stand up and everybody stands up. And he's like, so those aren't your normal thoughts. Those aren't yours. That's a collective narrative. And, you know, I just got done reading this book called the uh, Moonshots, And that guy's talking about how there's this uh, societal narrative of, of scarcity and poverty. And so that's why people are like struggling to make it. And that's an, that's such an interesting thing to me. And so where does that come from? You know what I mean? Does it come from your parents? Does it come from your grandparents? Is that genetic? You know what I mean? Because you yeah. know, our grandparents went through the great depression. They probably had a, a collective mindset of scarcity and poverty, you know? So like, is that, where we live now, because I don't think it is. And the way that that moonshots guy was talking about it was, you know, there's infinite money and infinite possibilities. You know, when banks run out of money, they just print more money and it doesn't really exist anyway. It's just a story that we tell people like, Hey, I'm going to give you this number for that thing. And they're like, okay, that's yours now. And you're like, sweet. And so, you know what I mean? There's infinite, it's, it's infinite. So if you, Start And that's a uh, narrative that I've been trying to correct in my head that I have infinite possibilities no matter where I am. And so just trying to figure out where that comes from is really interesting. Like what triggers people to think that way? I don't know. And is it, it's just weird. I don't know. That was a tangent. I don't yeah. know. You, no, it's
1: not a tangent. It's, <laughs> also, you know, like, it's crazy when you reverse engineer like your thought patterns, it goes back in history because think about it. Like, you know, like I remember several years ago, I had a conversation with my mom on my birthday and because I just kept feeling the same pain on the left side of my low back for so long. And this is when I started gaining awareness, like past five to 10 years that like, some of this is not even mine. Like, yeah. so I straight up looked at my mom's like, mom, what was, what was going on when you were pregnant with me? And she cried. Like, it was highly anxious, worried all the time that she was going to have a miscarriage. I mean, the fear it was so fear based the whole nine months didn't receive much love, didn't feel loved, you know, all of that stuff that that gets embedded While you are being designed in the mother's womb, it gets embedded in your genetic makeup. Those emotions can be trapped in the mother's womb while you're being designed. And that's when I started digging deeper of just like, wow, some of this is not not mine. And like learning how to like clear that out, because it gets embedded, it really does. Like how that's why the power of mindset plays a huge role, even you know how imagine how it gets trapped in your body imagine when you're creating a life when you're creating something how it does get absorbed into their genetic dna makeup so you know it's up to us to create that change and create that movement of just like coming from that place of higher vibration love peace all that good
0: stuff yeah it's so fascinating it's so fascinating so you know i I talk to people about that all the time where they just walk up and they're like, God, that guy was so awkward. I'm like, was he? Or were you? you know what I mean?
1: <laughs> You're getting too deep now, man. No, I know.
0: Deep. But, that's, but that's what I'm talking about. Like, so yeah. do I feel depressed or does somebody else feel depressed? And I'm just not grounded right now. You know what I mean? Cause there's like a yeah. whole, there's this whole, like there's it's scientifically proven that you can ground yourself now just by, you know, connecting yourself with the magnetic energy of the earth, right? That's scientifically proven. Yes. You can look it up. And so, but, uh, you know, I find that if I have a really busy day where I'm working on a lot of really complicated people and I'm really having to think really hard, then my energy starts to go down and then my, my grounding starts to go away and then I pick up a bunch of shit and then I'm done with this person and I'm just like, what the, f-? is this mine or is this theirs? And, like, if it's theirs, and why am I holding on to it? Like, what do I need this for? You know, so that's, like, the meditation thing. Like, if you need answers, you need to stop distracting yourself, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
1: You just nailed it. I, there's a book um, called – I have it right here. I was going to share it with you. Um, Intimacy from Osho. And there's a section in there, he talks about how we tend to just run away from ourselves. So he shares a story how this man was told God to be God. They don't have shadows to be God-like. They don't have shadows. So he he's, looks over and he sees a shadow, his shadow. He's facing the sun. He sees a shadow. He starts running, running away from the shadow. Right, like running, running so fast. He's like, I wanna be like God, I don't wanna have any shadows. And so he ran and kept running and running and running and he died. <laughs> All he needed to do was go into the shade. Yeah. Go into the shade and he wouldn't see his shadow anymore. So Osho, how he describes it is like, we as human beings tend to run away from our own shadows, trapped emotions, you know, fears, limiting beliefs, our own stories that we you know, create in our own mind false perception, false assumptions, stuff like that. We tend to run away from it. All we need to do is be still, Right. be still. Like how you're saying that meditative state that be still and and just like connect with yourself in that way. And that stillness, that's where, gosh, so many beautiful experiences can happen in that stillness, forgiveness, gratitude, abundance. And you know, you can ask like, If you're feeling something, be like, "Where is this coming from? What does this mean?" And it's right there inside of you in illness.
0: It's yeah, and so you just God. It's but it's so difficult. It's so hard. It's so hard to just.
1: But it's simple. We complicate it because we don't want to face it, right? We want to run away and distract ourselves with working, distract ourselves with. You know, not you know where our attention goes, that's where our energy goes, and we just keep dispersing ourselves away. The shit's gonna keep piling up,
0: you know. Right, and so you know, I interviewed uh, Dr. Perry uh, last Thursday, and one of the things that he said is, it's often what you stop doing that makes you better, not what you start. And I think that that's really interesting too. So, like, if you sit there you know, and I practiced it and I kind of got away from it and I'm going to work really hard on getting back to it again, but just being present in the moment and just eating my food and not watching TV or looking on my yep. phone or, or yeah. you know, just like, you know, sweeping the kitchen, just sweep it. You know what I mean? That's part of your meditative process, like mopping, like vacuuming, like
1: washing the dishes.
0: Right. Everyone
1: hates to do, but I'm like, Rick. okay, It's my time. It's
0: a meditation. I can watch it. And it's, uh, you know, listening to uh, David Goggins book, like he's probably the most disciplined and accomplished human being on earth. And what I keep telling people is if you accomplish like 10% of what that guy does then you're pretty damn successful. And so when you, people like, well, how do I be like him? You're not going to be like him ever. You're never going to be like, I'm going to break the world record pull up record in 24 hours by doing 4,030 pull-ups. Nobody's gonna do that. Are you kidding me? And so, but if you're just like, oh God, I don't want to do the dishes right now, but then you stand up and do them. Or if you're like, God, this floor is dirty, and then you just stand up and clean it. Or you're like, Uh, I gotta put the laundry away and then you just put the laundry away, like that starts to make you a more disciplined person and then you start eating better and then you start communicating better and then you start being better and then you start being with yourself more which I think is incredibly important you know and there's like uh, speaking on distractions there's this woman that I know and she's just a mess and you know when she's not working she has a tv on in every room and then she has a radio on in every room and then she has a boombox outside. So no matter where she goes, she doesn't hear her own thoughts. And I'm like, man, if we just gave her a sack of potatoes and just dropped her off in the woods for like a week, she'd come back a whole different person. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable. And so, you know, I, and it's, it's hard to practice what you preach. You know what I mean? And it's hard to, like what you did yesterday, which is really admirable, is you just went and got help from somebody else. You know, and I think that, you know, that's a, that's an interesting thing too, is uh, people tend to think is that if they ask for help for something, then that makes them lesser of a person.
1: Yeah. There's strength with with asking. Yeah. Lots of strength with asking and people need people. That's that philosophy called Ubuntu from Africa, U b u n t u. U b u n t u. And it says people need people. Yeah. And it, you know, my father always said it takes a village. It really does. Um, so it's just, you know, there's strength in asking for, for guidance, coaching. I mean, that's what we're here for. That right. connectedness that we all have. I mean, even the earth, like you said, we have that connection. The we, 7.83 hertz, that's the Schumann's resonance, It's the same as the earth has its own. <clears throat> Hertz, it's the same as our brain. The alpha waves of our brain, it's the same measurement as the as the earth. So we're already connected, right? right? So when people do go camping or the submerge themselves in nature, the beach, whatever it is, it really does create an altered state. And we need to do more of that more often.
0: Right. And it's uh just God. so um There's a, I'm going to tell this story for the first time publicly. So, um, my, I had a really good friend of mine. His name was Lance Davison and he was a a first force recon Marine. So he was a elite warfighter. Right. And, um, you know, he was my training partner and I'd been, we've been trained together every single day for years. And then, you know, all of a sudden, like he's just not showing up for things. And his wife calls us and, says, hey, he didn't show up to pick up his kid and he never does that. Can you go do a welfare check? And so, you know, we go to his house and ultimately uh, end up calling the police and we break into his house and he had committed suicide. And so that's just one of those things where, you know, it's like the mantra of some of these guys is just suffer in silence. And I'm like, that's not a thing. You know what I mean? Like, if you would have told somebody – then he would, his father, or his son would still have a father, you know what I mean? And I'd still have a training partner and like, you know, you'd still be around and you don't know how much of an impact you make on people's lives until they miss you. You know what I mean? And so that's like a, it's a, that's one of those statements that really, you know, hits close to home for me because I was devastated by that. And, you know, just it, asking for help for whatever it is. Like if you're struggling psychologically, go ask for help. Like if you need, you know, if you need to carry a couch, ask for help, like whatever you need to do, ask for help. It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like you can't do any of this on your own. And so usually if you just ask for some, like ask, find the expert in that field and ask them to help you out with whatever it is, whether it's like changing out a light, like I don't know how to do that. You know, so I'll just ask somebody else to do it instead of watching YouTube videos, because them doing it in 15 minutes is way better than me doing it in eight hours and being all frustrated and pissed off and electrocuted probably multiple times. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like, uh, it's just this, this kind of weird, like I said, societal narrative where I don't need help. I can strap it on and I can make this happen. You know, God, it's crazy. So, um, uh,
1: thanks for sharing that, man. That's that's tough. That's really tough.
0: Yeah. So the, the interesting part about that story and it's, um, you know, the, or what does he call it? Um, I think it's, it's not resonance. It's something else. It's where you attract what you need, right? It's yeah. uh, from that book, Mind to Matter. Um, but, uh, damn it, what's that called? Anyway, so, um, you know, after we found him, uh, dead in his house, like everybody that I needed around me was around me. It was the, it was the most incredible, like devastating situation ever, you know, like the, the fire truck that showed up. Um, one of the guys that got off the fire truck was, uh, in my corner for my cage fight, you know, and was one of the most important people that I've ever had in my life. And then the ambulance that shows up, was another one of our training partners. And, you know, everybody I needed was there in that moment. So it was like this, everything happened the way that it was supposed to happen, you know, and so it just took, it takes a while to kind of unpack something that's that devastating, you know, but it's, uh, I don't know. It just, it inspired me to recognize that you are a potential force in somebody's life and to... Um, honor that and then to ask for help if you need it you know what I mean and to be open to be to be open to being helped
1: yes yes that being open to give and receive love for sure and that you can get help without pain medications without you know like that whole conventional medicine approach you can be helped out from the inside out uh I don't want to say natural way or uh, but definitely without the use of pain medications, which contribute more to symptoms and side effects and things like that, contribute more to more brain disorders, dysfunction and you know how it is, destroys your gut. Hello, gut brain, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, just so people get an awareness too, you can, you know, gain strength without the use of band-aid solutions like that.
0: Right. And so, you know, that was a big part of that uh, functional health solutions course was stop chasing the symptoms. You know what I mean? So like those are all symptoms of whatever dysfunction that you're having. So, you know, like uh, you could have a sluggish liver, you could have Epstein-Barr virus, or you could have an insane amount of anger and frustration that's trapped there. Like you don't know because all the symptoms are going to present the same. You know what I mean? So that's where us as uh, practitioners, we have to ask the right questions to get the right answers. You know, so it's, uh, but it's back to that societal narrative. You know what I mean? That we need this current medical system that doesn't really work. You know, like if you're on an antipsychotic medication, then all of a sudden you need to start taking antidepressants. And then you need to take another drug on top of the antidepressant to help you because you're having suicidal thoughts. It's not, fucking working. It's not working. And so one of my other favorite quotes that I heard um, recently was, if you have to refill your prescription, then it's not working. You know what I mean? Like you gotta, there's like, we've been around for thousands of years and we lived for the most part, okay, you know, minus polio and all that other shitty shit. That was pretty pretty beneficial, you know, but like we've lived... Pretty dang good with our bodies healing themselves until this, you know, opioid epidemic happened and and all these pharmaceuticals started making billions of dollars, you know. So um, I was at another uh, course with uh, that Perry was teaching his uh, his, uh, Primal Movement Chains course and we were having lunch with him. And one of the uh, students that was in that class with me asked him, how do we change his current medical model? And he said we don't what we do is we educate the outliers and then work our way in and then ultimately the you start making people better and then that'll start to become obsolete and so um you know on that whole narrative like just trying to get people to not have an instant solution that's another thing too that that i feel like we have to combat on a regular basis like it, especially with like if it's an actual physical injury like it's going to take time to heal that but people just want it to be healed immediately you know right or with like a liver dysfunction whatever it is like how long did it take your liver to get that way it's not going to get better tomorrow you know what i mean you have to work at it
1: (laughs) Yep. Yep.
0: and so you know like like how long has that emotion been stuck in there you know, if it's been stuck in there for 30 years, that's a lot of unpacking to do, you know, yeah. like Actually,
1: my, once you, once you recognize it, it's gone quick.
0: Yeah, it's, that's true.
1: There's techniques to do that. And so like you just shared a trauma you experienced. Have you had anyone help you release that?
0: Uh, no, that's interesting. That's an interesting question because <laughs> it's, you know, i I uh, I was pretty focused on the grieving process for about two years. You know, and I didn't really shy away from it. You know, like um, a lot of uh, mutual friends, like, you know, whenever they get sad about it, they drink a lot. You know what I mean? They try and, you know, but I'd never, I don't drink. So I just was like, wow, this is what I'm feeling now. And so that's a really interesting question. I don't know if there's any, Trauma stuck in there or not? And I'll have to have somebody help me out of that. <laughs> that's a good question. Because huh. I also didn't. I don't. <clears throat> that's interesting. I'm unpacking it right now for know, all the people. <laughs> I,
1: that was okay. A, I,
0: yeah. So I, I
1: pushed a, i pushed a button because I could see it.
0: Yeah. So what I'm but what I'm trying to work out is if if. I register it as a trauma or not, because it was definitely a life changing event. You know what I mean? Um, but when I think about it, I don't think about it as a trauma, but that doesn't mean that it isn't one.
1: The subconscious did though.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Interesting.
1: It's still a so, lot in there a little bit.
0: Yeah. That's so fascinating. See, this is like, this is why I got you on here. Cause every time <laughs> I feel like it was the last conversation we had, you said something like that. And I was like, <laughs> what did you just say? And then <laughs> you kept talking. I'm like, no, hold on. I'm still thinking about this thing. Back <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Really good. So then
1: yours you know, is right here. You're holding it here still. Okay. Okay. I would right now, if I were there, I would be rubbing your sternum right now and have you talking until you get that release. It's, okay. it's lodged in there.
0: Okay. Well, I'll get it out then. <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what you, so that's what you alluded to earlier. And then that's what that book, the emotion code was all about. Like once you're yeah. psychologically aware of it, or uh, not psychologically, but subconsciously aware of it, then it's like, Oh, okay. I don't need this anymore. You know what yeah. I mean? But it's just tend to kind of hold on to that stuff. It's really interesting. Mm. And so how, you know, cause you're a doctor of physical therapy. And so that's probably why people come to you initially, but then how do you get them towards this path? Like, or is it, um, is it like a, oh, so that's the word I was looking for, synchronicity, right? So that's what the word was. So is it a, a synchronicity type thing where you're projecting what you do and then you get the people that you need?
1: Yep. So doctor physical therapy, yeah, like it's interesting because that like, you just brought that up because now it's like fun- I, I'm finishing up a functional medicine program um, done in April. And, you know, energy medicine program done soon, too. And, you know, these are titles, but they're all extensions of my passion of helping people heal themselves, right, from the inside out. And it's interesting that you said that. Are they coming to me because of physical therapy? Actually, no. They're coming to me because it's word of mouth. So 100% of my clients are all word of mouth. And once, like, you know, I – and I didn't – when I went solo two and a half years ago, I stopped hiding my gifts of being able to, to find an underlying reason why they're in pain. So it was a lot of like deconditioning of kind of like what you learned in school. I use that and then use my authenticity and gifts talents to like expand on that. So when people started noticing and sometimes it started with me just like touching their shoulder where it was hurting, they'll get, they'll cry. Sometimes they'll cry or get an emotional release. They'll start sweating, um, getting really hot. And then that's how it started growing now. Like you're not a typical physical therapist. Like you don't, like you're not a PT, you know? And then that's how it just started spreading. And then I would sit down and write down my ideal client and be very clear with that. And that's how I started, like how you were saying, the synchronicity and attracting the, the people. That's how it's just like flawless now being clear with the ideal person of who I'd like to be on that journey with and who is like coachable committed and me and them inviting me to, to take them onto the next level. It's a team effort, right? But just being crystal clear. And I would write it out. If I came across someone who was like shitty, not my ideal again, fine tune it, fine tune it, rewrite it. It's a dynamic process because when you're morphing and changing you're going to be attracting and morphing different clients too. And so you're going to get, oh, I don't want that. Write it out again. This is who I want to attract. And be that person that you want to attract, right? Like be, you, you want to be on that, on that wavelength with them. And then it just spreads like wildfire. Word of mouth is so powerful. I, you know, and I'm really happy to say like that's without social media and website. They found me because one got treated in person got in contact with me and spread the word. And that's how it's been.
0: Hmm. So that's interesting. And I want to unpack a lot of that. So you were talking about how you started this particular journey about two and a half years ago, but how long have you been a PT total?
1: Uh, Six and a half years. And I was a personal trainer at Equinox for close to four years before that.
0: Okay. So then, so your whole idea of who you wanted to be and what you wanted to accomplish was just being around helping people and then so these were all avenues that you took to get to where you are now to where you found your true voice of who you wanted to be and so it's nailed it yeah (laughs) right so then it's interesting to me how there's a lot of people out there that are that tend to reject that right they're they're well. I can make more money as a PT and I would like to practice this way, but PT has a lot of money. So I'm just going to do that. You know what I mean? But then they end up being, they end up being that person that is super excited for Fridays and hates Mondays. You know what I mean? Whereas I am one of those fortunate people that gets to work every day and I love it. You know what I mean? So like I guess what I'm trying to do is just encourage people to just, you know, follow what they want to do and just, you know, because what you want to do is what you're supposed to be doing. And then the synchronicity will link up and then you'll be attracting the people that you want and that you want to care about.
1: Yes. To where it's effortless. Yeah. It's just fruitless, you know?
0: Right. So then there's the underlying fear. And I think that I have this underlying fear that um I, don't actually know what it is. It's, it's a, it's this fear that I'm not going to accomplish what I want to accomplish. And I'm not going to make the progress that I feel like I need to make. And so, and right now it's interesting because I'm blaming it on where I'm living. And I feel like if I were able to get out of this environment, then I'd be able to accelerate my practice and, and get to where I feel like I'm finally accomplishing what I want to do. You know what I mean? So I'm trying to unpack that and figure out where that's coming from. Cause that doesn't really make sense when you say it out loud. Right.
1: Yeah. Because what was it that you quoted me on your external environment is your internal environment.
0: Right. Mm.
1: Right. So if you're like, Ooh, I can be successful when I'm somewhere else. You right. can be successful anywhere, but what's your definition of success?
0: so my definition of success is uh making progress in my profession and my ability to help people but then also having people that are willing to be helped that's my definition of success because i want
1: you to fine tune that a bit okay because you feel like you didn't help somebody then you feel you were not successful
0: right mm.
1: and you get this repeated pattern of like i feel like i didn't help this person because they haven't told you yet or it got feeling you didn't feel like it. So now you don't feel successful. So I would challenge you to redefine what success feels like to you Mm. and expand on that.
0: Redefine success. Got it. Wrote it down. Wow. Multiple explanation points. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So Interesting. So then, the my and then tap
1: into that fear too, right? Yeah, you need to dig deep on that. So, like, (laughs) I don't know. you're you know, you you said your childhood like was was awesome, but you developed that fear at age five from the from the
0: from the ghost sighting, right? Right.
1: Or like, you know, maybe the following year something else small like that, but you developed a fear of like, oh my gosh, like I can't succeed at this or maybe you like jumped and didn't jump high enough. And then we just like make an agreement when we're kids, like, you know, I can't ever jump as high as I want to, Hmm. you know? And then that manifests as adults. Like, and we're just like doing everything right book wise. But then like, we have this subconscious block of, you know, like really being receiving the benefits of success, but you need to define what success means to you, you know, like, being able to like like have the freedom to wake up without an alarm and go and set your day and like go and you know like it could mean anything that could be success, being able to travel around to three different places within a year that could be success yeah. you know all different ideas um, and so I challenge you to do that and figure out where dig deeper and rewrite your story starting today.
0: Mm.
1: You have it all right there in front of you, Jesse, yeah yeah.
0: So that's one of my other favorite quotes from that David Goggins book. I feel like everybody should listen to that book. It's phenomenal, but he's talking about kicking the tires on your mindset. Like, what are you really, what are you really thinking? You know, because it's, it's, and it, I feel like CrossFit is a good loudspeaker for the mindset thing. And, you know, I think uh, it's, it's interesting because then there's that, that dichotomy between men and women again, you know, especially with the strength stuff. And so, you know, when women are deadlifting, they're like, I can't deadlift that. That's too heavy. And I'm like, you're full of shit. And so I think you can lift that. So prove me wrong then, you know, whereas men are just like, go try and fail. And they're like, whoops, failed. All right, next time, you know, and it's like, it's this interesting thing where, you know, I can sit there and literally watch people talk themselves out of being able to accomplish something. Yeah. And it's just, but then that goes on with like everyday life. Well, I can't afford a new car or or I can't afford to buy a house or, you know, I'm never going to be successful here. Like I just said, you know what I mean? And so, and you know, I've been hearing myself say that a lot and it's starting to become kind of irritating. And so I need to get that figured out. Today. Today. Boom. I'm on it.
1: (laughs) Today. (laughs) I'm
0: in. (laughs) All right. I feel like that's a good place to finish this thing off. Yes. Uh, Thank you for taking the time. I appreciate it. Oh, my uh,
1: gosh. Thank you. Thank you. Such an honor.
0: Absolutely. And so you, uh, you got your new website up and running. So let's talk about that for a second so everybody knows where to find you.
1: Yes. And it's Sophia Costa DPT.com. And it's Sophia with an F. F.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's a thing uh about my name is I can say Jesse and then people like Jeffrey? And I'm like, no. But, <laughs> but then when I spell it out, SS rhymes like FF. So they already made up the, <laughs> their mind. That it was Jeffrey. <laughs> but then I don't. Say the R, so then they just say Jeffy and I'm like <laughs> Yeah, that's it, whatever. <laughs>
1: oh, that is so funny. I'm
0: here to pick up food for Jeffy. <laughs> oh my gosh,
1: hilarious. Yeah.
0: Sophia with an did you say Sophia with an F? Yes. So what else do they put in there? PH. PH. Oh. <laughs> that makes sense, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. I appreciate the conversation as always.
1: Yes, likewise.
0: All right. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you.
1: Yes. Hope to see you soon.
0: Absolutely. Bye.
1: Okay. Bye.